Welcome to the 15th episode of the second series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women in customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us, and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host, Claire Musket, and in today's episode, I'll be talking to a female CXO working in the very male-dominated world of tech startups, in the even more male-dominated space of IoT and facilities management. Let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest. She began a career in IT project management at Whitbread and moved into program management at Argos before leading customer-facing IT transformations at EasyJet. She actually discovered CX during her MBA program and never looked back, investing in her own development until she became the startup CXO at MKL Innovations. Please welcome to the show, CX sister, Sharon Boyd. Hey, Sharon. Hi, Claire. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Yes, very good. Brilliant. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Absolute pleasure to be here. And welcome to everybody listening at home as well. (laughs) So just thinking, Sharon, last time we spoke, you were sitting in your outside office eating an ice cream. (laughs) I was. Very different to today, which is like, I don't know, minus one, I think. Yeah. Very cold January. Whereabouts are you based? I'm I'm Milton Keynes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit colder further up, isn't it? <laughs> even though it's not even quite the Midlands over the UK. Um, well, anyway, I'm really excited that you're here today and that we're going to have a really cool chat, actually, about the power of investing in yourself, customer experience in a really interesting area of FM and IoT, which is a very male-dominated industry, and the journey that you've been on to becoming now Chief Experience Officer at M- uh, MKL Innovation. <laughs> I always want to say M- MLK. Is that Martin Luther King or Milton Keynes? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, I get confused. With that kind of ascent up the career ladder in lots of big corporate organizations, what were the main challenges you experienced as a woman on your journey to where you are today? Um, I think one of the things that stuck out for me was there didn't seem to be very many female role models. That was a challenge for me because I really wanted to grow. Um, I wanted to get on and I've always been quite self-aware, but I was always just, you know, wanted to get feedback from other people, especially those women above me who'd done really well and just kind of you know, grow. Um, I remember approaching quite a few women in in the different corporates and saying, do you know what, you've done fantastic. I'd love to have a quick coffee with you and just learn a bit more about your journey and a bit more about you. And yeah, it just wasn't forthcoming, which I always felt was a bit of a shame. And I think that always pushed me to then send the lift back down for other women and other men too. But, you know, just really think about those who are in a similar position to me, wanting to grow, being ambitious um, and not really knowing how to start, not having anyone there to to have their back a bit, I think, really. I think that's when you are out on a limb a little bit and you want to grow, having someone in your corner just to champion you Mm. um, or just let you run stuff by them, it can just be so valuable, can't it? And I think that was was a challenge for me. There just didn't really seem to be anyone forthcoming. And I feel that I, I found people outside of the organizations that I was in who really did step into that 
into that role for me and really encouraged me to grow and there's a lot of people that I need to say thank you for 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 who I am today um but yeah I I did find that it it, that was missing that's a gap for me it's interesting you say that because in the corporate world I found two kind of very distinct types of women there were the few really successful super super senior women leaders who were so confident in themselves they were constantly sending the lift back down and helping anyone up who was ambitious but that was counterbalanced with a fair few women who it felt like you were at school sometimes (laughs) and even in fact I experienced quite a lot of bullying from senior women who not just weren't forthcoming with assistance but kind of tried to knock me down as many pegs as they could and it's been um, really amazing being out of corporate and in the community that we're in because it's kind of the other way around like surrounded Mm. by women who constantly want to nurture and support each other and um, help each other climb as high as we want to and definitely um, yeah and I think there's that we really need to change that stereotype of you know women being in competition because clearly Mm. there's so much more power when we're not competing with one another but the difference between being on the inside of a big corporate and being outside where you lovely ladies (laughs) is night and day so I totally agree with that I really I mean I've been I guess I would say I've been in lots of communities is the wrong word but like project management or IT or whatever but in the CX world it it is everyone just genuinely wants to support each other and you're right there's lots of really strong women who are just you know just want to help each other men too and it's just it's it's massively refreshing it's not something I've seen before and I really appreciate it yeah me too and it is interesting just reflecting on what you're saying about kind of looking up and thinking oh where is the woman leader that will be my mentor and I never mm. found one <laughs> um, in the CX world either. Um, but I did end up with a guy in CX. Mm. So I think sometimes like we're on the lookout for someone who we can look up to that like kind of, oh, that's who I want to be when I'm, I don't know, at this point in my career or that age. But yeah, mine ended up being a guy. <laughs> but he's just Mine too. awesome. Oh, yours is a guy as well. Yeah. Um, so I think the allies of women in CX, particularly in our industry, there's some incredible ones. So um, Matt Watkinson, Ian Golding, Naeem Arif, Adrian Swinsco, they're all so behind the girls. Um, it's fabulous. <laughs> Give a bit of a shout out there too. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would second all of them. They've all been massively help, helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher as well with the CX World Games. Chris, Chris Brooks, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, had a few so many of them. <laughs> on the podcast, actually. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe Van Rinsdyk was uh, singing his praises as well. Um, so now you're working in possibly the most male-dominated space in terms of being in tech, in FM, um, and actually a male-owned startup. So I'm really intrigued. As a very feminine woman, what's it like working with the boys? <laughs> so in fact, actually, let's start from... Sorry, my cat's just arrived. Hi, small. Uh, hello. <laughs> she always wanted to be on the podcast. So anyone that's listening <laughs> and not watching, but my little furry face just pops up on the camera um yeah sorry so let's let's just kind of rewind back a bit for anyone that doesn't know mkl innovation (laughs) tell us a little bit about where you're working now (laughs) yeah so uh mkl is it's got three parts to it really so it's 
We do electrical compliance. We do IoT, um, Internet of Things, um, and energy management and kind of visualization of, of digital uh, data. And then we now have the customer experience side as well. Um, so three very distinct business units, which all work really nicely together. Um, but yeah, it's it's really exciting because it is all about tech. There's some real cutting edge stuff in there. Um, yeah, and there's it's it's interesting how many people just still don't understand the power of IoT and being able to bring that to life for somebody in a really you know real world scenario so they can really understand it. That that's quite special when you can do that and someone gets it and goes, oh, okay, right. So that means I don't have to send as many engineers or, you know, I can see all of my data for all of my, you know, 12 buildings on one on one dashboard and be able to see that actually I've got three ovens that are on overnight every single night and I'm just wasting a load of energy. So actually I can be more carbon neutral if I you know. So yeah, it's, um, it's a really fun place to be. Um, yeah. So I've worked with the guys or coming up for a, Coming up for a year now. Wow. Started off purely CX, <laughs> done a lot of stuff along the way that's maybe not so CX, mm. um, but actually links in really well. Because quite often, you know, one of the one of the key things when you're in a tech world like this, one of the key things that customers really worry about is cybersecurity. Yes. Um, so that's been a really big project for us this year, um, which sat under my remit, which is making sure that we had all of our cybersecurity certificates. Um, everything was as secure as we could possibly be because you can't go after the big boys um, if, you, if your systems aren't secure. And that's the very first question they ask. Um, so it's been much less around the touchy feely side of customer experience and very much around, okay, what are the customer's main concerns? What do we need to do to address that and give them comfort and confidence um so that's not really what i thought it would be when i first joined as the, the cxo but actually you know that's the right thing to do to get the real basics and the fundamentals in first especially in a tech company mm. like this but yeah in terms of what it's like to to work in a male dominated i mean it's i don't really feel like it is male dominated i think i think it's more that it's it's a culture and a kind of ethos where everyone just rolls up their sleeves, gets stuck in, has fun, but works really hard. And it's that kind of environment that I really thrive in. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's the banter that you get with blokes. And I've learned all sorts of words and <laughs> phrases that I didn't really necessarily want to know. <laughs> um, but um, no, it's, it's a really nice place to work. And, and on the subject of explaining Internet of Things in a way that um, is really easy to understand, some of our listeners might not be that aware of the Internet of Things. So could you give us a quick what rundown on what IoT means? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I think if you imagine, imagine you are a landlord and you've got a chain of pubs and restaurants, mm-hmm. um, it would allow you to be able to see on a very clear dashboard absolutely everything that's connected into your electricity mm-hmm. so you'd be able to see your air conditioning um all of your sockets your mainframe everything like how much all of your pcs are taking everything so you can see exactly what's going on and you can cut down on your energy and your electricity but you can also control it too so say you've got you know, three boardrooms that are completely empty, but you've got the windows wide open and um, and the heaters on full blast, you can go, hang on a minute, 
there's nobody in that building and uh, you know it's covid i'm not gonna have anyone in there for two months switch it off remotely Mm -hmm. and then you're saving yourself all that so you've got the controls both ways as well which is what's really great about the iot side not only can you you see the data coming back and forth analyze it and improve it but you can also then control it as well and that's where the cyber security side of things comes in because you want to be able to know that it is all safe oh interesting okay so just to expand that a little further then so the technology is a layer that sits between the hardware of the appliances and so appliances or things plugged into the electricity um and that enables you to control it and report on it and yes do things differently absolutely I'd never heard it described like that. So that's actually a really useful definition for me too. Thank you. <laughs> it can be anywhere where there's data, people or an operation. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of what we're dealing with at the moment, I say dealing with, we're very lucky to be to, to have them on our books, mm-hmm. is um, car manufacturers, huge mm-hmm. ones, luxury brands. And you kind of think about the, you know, the... Um, the conveyor belt of uh, process of loading a car on and watching all the mechanics of everything. And, and you can build the digital twins through the data and be able to see which elements mm. and which components are overly stressed or are struggling because of the amount of data coming through off them every time. You can go, right, okay, mm. this particular cog should spin 2,000 times. That's spun 2,500 times. Okay, that's going to go soon. So let's do some maintenance when the system is down so that we can um, fix it at a good time rather than waiting for it to go when we're in the middle of an operation. Mm -hmm. So you can use the data in a a really clever way um, Mm -hmm. and then do something about it so that you can keep your operation up and running. Mm -hmm. So you can use it for so many different things, whether it's people, data, you know, it's it's got lots of user cases. So as chief experience officer, are you now more looking at things like customer success and sales and onboarding and support? Yeah, so the two main ones I've been doing this last month is very much around. So we've got um, we've got a twenty four seven help desk, mm-hmm. uh, which we're running at the moment, and that's for one of our new clients, which mm-hmm. has just come on. Um, we have a lot of um, pubs and restaurants, um, so that's one of them. But we also for one of our we've got another really big client as well where we were working through all the onboarding process mm-hmm. and just making sure that that was as slick as possible and that everything where we could see a pain point and we mapped it out I've taken it down it was behind me you can probably see all the blue tap marks still <laughs> um I had that that up and we went through and stepped every single bit through of going okay if we get on site and this happens what do we do mm-hmm. um because quite often we're on a site in the middle of the night um there's nobody else about the engineer might be there on their own what things might go wrong to make it as slick as possible especially in a covid world where it's potentially difficult to get access in the first place mm-hmm. um so yeah onboarding and making that as slick as possible has been really important mm-hmm. um and then what else have we been doing oh so really making sure from a ux point of view mm-hmm. that everything we do on our dashboards is really easy to use um i think i mentioned earlier about kind of people don't always get iot people are often scared of it as well so not only from a cyber point of view but also they kind of it feels over complicated and i think some companies almost make it over complicated because then they can go well we're iot um but we we, we want to turn it on its head um and we've spent quite a lot of time we've got um a podcast which nowhere near as successful as, as your podcast Claire but um oh. is called is called IOTZ and that's oh. literally about trying to make IOT easy, easy as possible <laughs> and just take that kind of confusion away from it so people kind of go 
All right. Okay. It's just it's just how like devices are connected to the internet. It's nothing more complicated than that. Mm. Um, See, so that's one of the things we've been doing. But we've literally just taken on a new developer, which by the time this goes out, they'll be onboarded with us. And their their the whole reason that they joined my team is to make sure that the front end of the IoT dashboards and everything is really slick and really easy to use and not complicated at all it's just really intuitive and that's really important to me and everything we do and I was questioning them and saying okay so how do, although you're a back-end developer how do you make sure that you understand and put yourself in that customer's shoes how do you think about where they might click or what they might think or need next how do you preempt um so we've got that through all of our recruitment as well I think it's fascinating actually like there are so many more growth companies in the kind of software as a service space in this kind mm. of b2b software as a service so um it is actually really interesting to see you kind of go from retail and digital transformation in the direct to consumer space into a startup that undoubtedly is going to scale um considerably especially with the environmental uh, challenge that we've got on our hands it's going to add a lot of value back to the world right <laughs> in yeah massively when we yeah I mean nobody wants to say that they're successful during Covid because it feels a bit like you're showing off and everyone should be failing but you know we have really thrived so it does really show that actually people are really making that switch and seeing that they don't need loads of people in an office or they don't need lots of engineers in vans they can put sensors in that send the data back and then they only go when there's actually an issue rather than going and checking constantly Mm. like you can do a fire alarm check that takes three hours or Mm. you can get sensors fitted that always ping back okay you it's fine it's fine it's fine oh it's fallen down go and send an engineer Mm. um so yeah it's a a whole different approach Mm. i think really starting to learn actually okay we can let the digital side of things in exactly like oh we don't need to fly to the other side of the world we can just go on a zoom Mm. people are starting to think actually okay how do I do this a different way and it's really COVID has actually really moved facilities management on probably a couple of years forwards during this time Mm. where people are starting to go actually okay well we could do this in a different way we could cut our electricity bills we could really become like, reduce our carbon mm. just by putting in some sensors in <laughs> makes yeah. sense part of the pun <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely so mm. it is nice to see that you know that progression mm. is starting yeah yeah well and and that's what technology is the best for right so um creating better efficiency reducing unnecessary contact i think a lot of conversations I have at the moment about technology and CX are about technology trying to automate stuff that humans do better, which is like making judgment calls and decisions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like saying actually the right approach to technology is, you know, it's black and white. If it's something that can be done that doesn't need the human touch <laughs> and there's an efficiency there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's not quite the same when it comes to customer interactions <laughs> no it's it's really not but if it's just a yes the air conditioning is on yeah no, it's exactly. not you don't need a person to go do that yeah no definitely no you then use your engineers in a totally different way because you then yeah. set thresholds or or you know yeah. teach shit what you know smart learning sort of stuff rather than yeah. the basics which you just you can use your engineers in a whole different way you've yeah. got to start it now claire <laughs> maybe even for, for service right like <laughs> yeah um being um, more 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 kind of service oriented than just you know can you say those like proactive repairs or the sensor said yeah 
this has been in place for the time period it's likely to break I'm here proactively fixing this before it breaks <laughs> that's exactly. great service <laughs> yeah like and that. the whole bit what really blew or what was kind of I hadn't really thought about before was how it fits into the you know the cold chain of, of COVID and vaccinations and stuff like that you know if you are in a, a hospital and you've got a load of um insulin for example in a fridge you can check the whole way through the journey to make sure it's been safely kept yeah. that was the, the pre-covid version we used but now you can kind of go okay all your vaccinations have been kept safely mm-hmm. for this at this temperature or whatever it is as well so it's yeah just a lot of different use cases it's very interesting really fascinating um so <laughs> I really geeked out then apologies to the listeners if you're not as geeky as me but I really enjoyed learning <laughs> a bit more about IOT um in FM um so um you know one of the first things we talked about was the fact that you discovered CX through doing your MBA so personal mm-hmm. development has clearly been a huge part of your success what would you say the best investments you've made in your development are either in terms of time or financial contribution I think doing that MBA and pushing myself to learn stuff that's potentially out of my comfort zone or doesn't interest me in the slightest <laughs> has been really good at pushing me. The, um, listen, the listeners are going to be thinking, what was it that she didn't want to learn? <laughs> Go on, you have to tell me now. <laughs> what were you not um, interested in at all? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of algebra, Claire. A uh, lot. <laughs> so a lot. And finance and stuff. Oh yeah, research yeah. statistics, that kind of thing. I hated that when I did my masters. <laughs> oh yeah, and I would just sit there and think, okay, as long as I can apply this to the real world, I can get it. And I'd be sitting there. And it wasn't until someone said, oh, okay, so you can use this to do that, and I'd, I'd click and go, oh, okay, all right, I get it. Now. I'm interested again. Rather than just, oh, I couldn't come up with something that's helpful. But I was just like, okay, oh, I know. Like comparing businesses to see which one you'd invest in, you'd use all these algebra things for that formulas (laughs) so what's been quite good is it's it's given me a really strong business foundation for Mm. all of the different businesses that I might touch in the CX world because you know yourself as a Mm. CX consultant you can walk into any different type of business and hopefully apply the same principles Mm. um, because it's all about that end customer as long as you are really kind of end customer focused the back bit um, obviously you've got to tweak and tailor really well but having that strong commercial um, understanding yeah I, th- I think so it has it ha- it has helped me but what um what I've probably learned about myself is that once once I move into a new area if I do a course um it's program management or CX or whatever it is that helps me with my own confidence and my own credibility then so that's why I personally do it and I know others don't need to because they kind of know they've got the experience and don't worry about the certificate but for me mm. I kind of like to do it around the other way around do the certificate mm. um, and really make sure I'm you know I'm up there and I know my stuff um that's interesting yeah, that's interesting that you say that so um, I think I spotted another certificate behind you as well we've got a couple on the wall oh that's my CCXP and that's CCXP. my one from Cranfield <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so it's interesting you say that so um like I know that it was specifically certain cultures that value and appreciate certification more. Um, I know obviously I talk to people around the world now with the podcast yeah. and I've made all of these yeah. connections, but like to me, I've never been interested in having certificates <laughs> to prove it. So I did my degree and my master's, but, I'm, but those certificates have stayed in the folder that they came in. <laughs> I don't even know where they are actually. Yeah, I, do, I moved house and then recently and I dug them out and I was like, oh, they're like pristine. They've never been out of the envelope. And I haven't chosen to do um, any of the exams. The, the personal development stuff 
I tend to do is more sorry or development stuff I tend to do it tends to be more on the like um personal level so like understanding like emotional intelligence and myself and how that applies and time management and productivity those kinds of things but you don't really get certificates for that <laughs> so so so, so 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 for you it's been really good for your confidence to be able to say I can do this I and so. I've got my yeah. my proof my proof to it so so you so you MBA would you recommend doing MBA yeah <laughs> but it's hard work <laughs> yeah um, I mean it's been harder because I've been doing it remotely yeah. and because I'm an extrovert I like having people around me and I bounce mm-hmm. off people so, so doing that kind of mm-hmm. over zoom I've, I've found harder but yeah doing the MBA has been brilliant obviously did the CX um the CCXP um and I've done lots of other courses as well over the last sort of three to five years I think probably the the most or the best investment has probably been reaching out and coaching others because I think you learn so much when you coach and mentor people don't you and then getting coaching yourself so I've normally and then maybe this sounds slightly selfish but I've normally got always about two or three different coaches on mm. the go or mentors on the go from yeah. different areas um I, at the moment I've got um a CX culture, uh, culture, coach, um, Nick, who is absolutely fantastic um, and also does kind of the life coaching side of things too. You're employing him to CX life coaching. <laughs> yeah, and he's really good. Um, definitely would recommend. Um, yeah, and then there's two others as well, one in my, the kind of uni world and one in my work world. So yeah, I, I get lots of different um perspectives which I I really appreciate being able to bounce things off so I think um having a good strong support network mm. around you that you can bring your different challenges to and just say look this is where my head's at but I've always done it this way and this is you know maybe something different what um one of my mentors is particularly good with p- politics and that is so not my strong point. And that's what I struggle with in the corporate world. Whereas they find it quite easy. Yeah, I had yeah. to do a lot of that when I, in my corporate days as well. Because it didn't actually come to me either. I'd just be like, no, I just want to have a, be here, do a good job and have a good time. Why is yeah. it so hard? Yeah. So yeah, I would say definitely if you don't have a mentor or a coach, go and get one. Just go mm-hmm. and like look and see who it is out there that is you know that you admire and is either doing a job that you want to do or is really, you know, really strong in something that maybe you're not and just approach them and you know ask them um and that that really has been such an investment for me some of them I've had to pay and some of them I haven't and they've just given their time and I've given back in other ways but massively helpful it's really probably take me where I am now someone like support system around you yeah, 100% agree. I think um, I, I was thinking about doing a post on LinkedIn the other day. I'll probably still do it at some point. But the things that were the best investment for me in the last 12 months has been yeah. um, a mindset coach. Because when I got yeah. stuck with COVID, it was nothing to do with my ability or my talent or my skill level. It was to do with like what was going on in my mindset. My noggin. My noggin. My special noggin. Um um business coaching so before the mindset you know kind of being able to decide especially as a solopreneur as I was Mm. in the beginning like deciding which way to go having somebody that can act as a sounding board when you don't have a boss anymore especially when you're making that transition amazing investment also um, executive virtual assistant has been my latest (laughs) Um, oh yeah having a virtual PA has changed my life 
And Naomi, if you're listening, I love you. But just to finish off then, so um, what advice would you give to women who are considering pursuing uh, or improving their own personal development? Um, There's, oh, there's a couple of things. I would definitely say opportunities that come your way, a bit like um, Richard Branson always says, just say yes if it sounds interesting or sounds exciting to you say yes to the opportunity because I've done that all through 2020 and it's massively paid off for me I've done some really exciting things um build build lots of different things into your life that's certainly for me that's just been brilliant because you just get so many different dimensions and aspects which you can then especially as a as a consultant, you can then apply to lots of different things, lots of different mm-hmm. sectors, lots of different um, roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, reach out and um, connect with people, get a mentor or coach others um, and build some real deep connections. Because it's only by having proper, deep, authentic conversations with people that you really learn what's what's you know what's what you're made of and what you stand for and what you need. Um, yeah, and accountability partners. I know that a couple of us in CX, Katie, you're amazing. That's my shout out to you. Um, they are fantastic, aren't they? Just someone who, especially if you're doing everything by Zoom or you sat alone in your summer house or in your amazing She Loves Adventures room that you're in, um, you just need someone there occasionally. It just gives you a little boot up the, the backside and says, come on, Sharon, you had this big, uh, hairy, audacious goal. What have you done towards it this week? Because you're not going to get there if you just keep plodding along doing emails. So I think, um, yeah, just keep pushing, say yes, and find the right people around you to um, to support you and inspire you and, and keep you going. I absolutely love that. And and yes, accountability buddies, 100%. I spend every morning Monday morning with mine. So I set my goals the night before. And I tell her on the Monday what I'm going to do. And we review the goals from the week before. And since we've had that relationship, uh, both of us I've, have been spending every Monday morning celebrating for the last few months. So it's been been absolutely fabulous. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Sharon. Um, so nice Thanks to see, me. see your happy face again. And uh, wish you best of luck with the last two months of your MBA. Thank you. Can't <laughs> wait to throw my hat in the air that's all I want to do yeah, yeah. and get another certificate on the wall yeah. space space yeah yeah you have to like make, make, a, make an arrangement of them um all right well you take care now and thanks ever so much and thanks everyone for listening as well take care bye Sharon bye thanks for listening to the women in cx podcast with me Claire Musket if you enjoyed the show please drop us a like subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on And if you'd like to know more, please join us at womenincx.community and follow the Women in CX page on LinkedIn. Join us again next week where I'll be talking to a woman who is applying design thinking and human-centered design to include the excluded and using her CX skills to build safe LGBTQ communities in Australia. See you all next week.